0: Hello and welcome to the Coach Me podcast. My name is Nadine Stiller, founder of Coach Me and your podcast host. It's wonderful to have you with us as I welcome mindset and leadership coach Chris Ho, who is deeply passionate about helping and supporting others when they feel stuck and need a new mindset or outlook shift in life. Motivated by his own experiences, Chris's mission is to help inspire, connect, and support people with their life's passion and goals. His life experiences have taught him that true happiness and connection happens when people realize their fortunate present moments while focusing on making a positive change for the future. Chris is a certified organizational coach from the University of British Columbia and brings 15 years of experience as a leader across four organizations to support those looking to navigate a change in their lives. With a background in technology, media, and leadership development, his knowledge can shape a variety of conversations. His typical clients include professionals, aspiring leaders, individuals going through a life challenge, and those looking to improve their self-development, outlook, and attitude in life through inner work. During this podcast, we'll find out why you need to lead yourself first before leading others. We'll learn about authentic leadership, what it is, what impact it has, and what it looks like in real life. And we also cover why you'd want to be an authentic leader and how to be one, especially now during the current pandemic. All client stories mentioned in this podcast have either been approved for use or been altered to not be identifiable. Hi, Chris.
1: Hi, Nadine.
0: Welcome to today's podcast.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited you're, you're part of this and uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up.
1: Yeah, we mm. do. I'm, I'm super excited to talk with you today and, and uh, the topic that we're going to discuss.
0: Yeah. So before we go into that, tell me a bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well I'm a certified coach recently completed my uh, graduate certificate at, at UBC on mm-hmm. um, the organizational coaching program. I also work as a client partner with with Frank and Covey and we work with companies in leadership, talent and, and culture initiatives. I'm born in East Vancouver, grown here all my life and professionally I've, I've been in leadership, sales, relationship management, roles in tech, media, and talent development and personally I'm, I'm married to my lovely wife maggie who's in acupuncturist uh, we have a son a very adventurous son three-year-old son and two fur babies uh sam and bella <laughs> what else my passion lies in, in personal development uh, i uh i'm really big on kind of living our best selves and, and being present and grateful and appreciative as much as possible and then. I think kind of when reflecting on this discussion, kind of how we got to this point was um, you know, me being a cancer survivor and going through that experience and, and also being a caregiver to my dad, uh, who unfortunately passed in 2018 with cancer. And through these experiences, I've just been inspired to kind of help people through my work with my friend Covey as a coach, as a community volunteer, and uh, and helping people just kind of make a, a better path forward. And so. That's me, show Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's a there's a lot to pick up from on that one, and I know it's like as a part of the preparation for today's podcast, and you just kind of touched on it as well. You're very much involved still in the community and and um, giving back. It's part of all the things that you've you've experienced and been through so far, right? So um, yeah, where where can people also find you apart from Frank and Covey and and you as a coach?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, the whole cancer journey is you know a part of my life, and uh, I actually was inspired through my wife. My wife actually volunteered with BC Cancer originally with uh, pet therapy, so she would bring our two fur babies into the, the BC Cancer agency, and and through that, I've actually been volunteering the last few years. I'm, I'm the co-chair for the uh, Patient Experience Council at the BC Cancer. And it's in essence really just trying to improve the experience of, of patients, you know, going through this through this journey. So uh, I work with them heavily and really, really involved. I also work with Next Gen Men. It's an organization that's really focusing on or, on helping uh, boys and men kind of redefine the, the new masculinity, you know, in this day and age. Right? I have a son that's three years old and would love for him to kind of be raised uh, in a different way in the world. And, and other volunteer, I also volunteer with, SFU kind of mentors in business and, and mentoring coaching students. So I, I try to give back as, as much as I can without you know trying to do too much.
0: I just wanted to say, when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I don't no, well, yeah, no. yeah.
0: <laughs> So how did you first get into coaching then? Because it's I, I can see, you know, there's probably a like a rep threat through all your like professional development and your professional roles and you yeah. know how you got there but um there's always a bit of a story on how, how someone got into coaching I feel
1: yeah yeah it definitely definitely yeah I was I I always think about this question and it, it, it goes back to uh so my last role wasn't in, was in tech I was a sales leader and you know on paper it was a great role you know financial rewarding great responsibilities. But I was just at a point in my life, uh, and this was 2017, that I really wanted to ask, you know, what I valued, what I what I wanted in life, and what I what I didn't want. It was actually in 2017, my wife was also pregnant with her with her son Caden at the time. You know, I struggled at the time thinking about you know, taking paternity leave and um and kind of being away from work, which was such a kind of imaginary roadblock at the time in my life. But it was after Caden was born that I returned back to work and I was like, Am I mean, really enjoying what i 'm doing right now, right? I had to really kind of assess, and at the same time, my dad uh, was unfortunately he was diagnosed with stage four uh, lung cancer at the time and um you know I still remember the day when he told me it was the day that he told me that he had stage four it was uh, the same night that my wife told me that uh, uh, she was pregnant with with Caden. so uh, it was really interesting kind of circle of life you know in that moment, but you know through that experience through that time period. Uh, I was I was lost. It was actually a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Sam Lawson, that recommended to me and said, "Hey, I'm seeing a coach right now. Maybe maybe this is this is for you." So mm-hmm. uh, he introduced me to David Ogle of of Dose Coaching, and through that experience, I I just had some clarity and insight to again what I wanted in life, what I didn't want, and on that from that point on, I you know I left my career, spent five months without a job, just helping raise our son and. To that experience i enjoyed coaching and it really kind of set me down this path that uh, i am where i am today
0: mm-hmm. wow there's some yeah really dark dark times that were you, you were going through in 2017 right it's very powerful and and impactful as well and then to kind of say hey i you know you See something else in in your future. You just don't know what it yet is, and you know, yeah. you just want it more, better, right? Right. Wow. Yeah. And then that was you as a coachee. Hmm. What was the pivotal moment to yeah. actually saying, "Hey, this is what I want to do"?
1: So in my career, I've been I've been a leadership in a few roles, few organizations, and so I've really enjoyed helping people. Right, uh, being a leader, watching people grow. It's, it, you know, in retrospect, that it really fulfilled fulfilled me, right? Seeing people mm-hmm. develop and so forth. That's kind of how I got to the role of finding Covey. I was like, hey, you know, really passionate about this area, really passionate about personal development, inner work, leadership. Why don't you work with the organization that does that? And I do that now, and I'm super thankful for that. And then another part of that was that, you know, this coaching experience that I had was so beneficial to me that I said, it was just kind of like that itch that he uh, said, you know, this is this is something that's going to really fulfill you, right? And, and the value that I got was something that I wanted other people to see as mm-hmm. well. And you mentioned earlier that it was kind of some dark times, and I think back, I, I feel like I'm actually really fortunate that I, I went through that, right? There's so many times in life where we learn our biggest lessons through challenges and dark times, and which is great. But you know, on the flip side, why can't we do that during happy times and Mm-hmm. times of lightness, right? So and I think coaching does that. It really helps people kinda wherever they are in their journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's actually really good. Someone just mentioned the other day, it's like why does the and it, it super reflects with what what um you just mentioned as well. Why does it do we have to wait for some awful event to happen to yeah. really make us you know, appreciate the, the good things, the relationships that we have, what, you know, why do we have to wait until maybe something awful happens until we Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and call someone we haven't talked to for a while, or, you know, I don't know. There's so many people I know currently that because of the pandemic
1: mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. there's
0: just so, so much more that they want. And I don't want it in two, three, five years, whatever. They want it now. So they're getting right. themselves, you know, a dog, or they're yeah. leaving to move to the island. <laughs> making or bread. Making bread, <laughs> reading <laughs> a lot more, just connecting with this is what I what I want. And yeah. I want it now. I want more. I want more satisfaction, more... Feeling fulfilled, in a sense. Right. Right? Yeah. Do it while, you know, at any time, (laughs) rather now than, um, you know, a a few years down the line.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: So um, what do your coaching clients come to you for? And this is probably the place where we're calling, (laughs) where we're letting people know what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love all coaching conversations, right? I think. People kind of ask me right now, like, you know, what do you, what do you focus on? I'm like, it's, it's, it's the topic that you bring, right? It's whatever's top of mind to the conversation as most coaches will attest to that, you know, it's you know, what, what, what they bring to that present moment. But, you know, some of my favorite conversations, I think, you know, because of some of the experiences I've been through it are, are conversations around, you know, changing your mindset, you know, facing a, a particular challenge. It doesn't have to be health related. It could be anything really and to your point earlier this pandemic and people are really trying to get some insights and i think it's because and it's really no fault of their own it's we're just so busy and and so distracted it's so loud it's so noisy out there as well as mostly actually in our heads and we can't really get that clarity until we quiet ourselves down a little bit so i really like to focus on people that are or trying to get that clarity right some insight some quiet time and some reflection and then on top of that, I think because I've had you know leadership experience, I really enjoy those leadership conversations. So, so people looking to be leaders for the first time uh, within their roles, within their community, and ultimately kind of leading yourself. I think leadership is, is such an important topic in organizations for sure, but also within yourself. What are you doing internally to, to lead yourself, to be better, you know, to have the, kind of that inner work? Uh, before you can try to really lead other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a, you know, when you say, oh yeah, leadership or management or something like this, you always think about, oh, it's, you know, work related, mm. but it doesn't always have to be. You actually brought up a really good point of, you know, where you're leading in your community or in an organization. It does not have to be a formal a formal setting right you don't have to mm-hmm. have a, the title of that just mm-hmm. I guess giving the mm, the initiative I guess and yeah. you you know you take charge so you're leading in this uh, in a particular topic yeah it starts within yeah that's something that you said that you're mm-hmm. like super passionate about what would mm, what does it look like leading mm. leading within what does that actually mean
1: yeah, it's such a good question. I think it really starts with knowing yourself first, right? And, and being authentic, right? This this whole world of, of being authentic is so important because I think that's where a lot of the struggles come when people are trying to be someone else or trying to be, you know, the leader, for instance, right? So everyone has this image of what a, a leader is or a manager is. And then you have this kind of conflict of of, of between who you are as a person and then, the person of, of a leader, for instance, right. So I think you know, it really starts with really looking inward and finding find out who you are, what you want, again, what you don't want, what you stand for, you know, what does that authentic person look like? And until you have that, you can't really lead other people, I think, right? And it's it's so important.
0: Mm-hmm. And that can take can take a bit of time if you know what you what you really want versus yeah. what maybe expected of you and that's then <laughs> what you're going for right um, yeah. so that that makes an an authentic leader in in like in a workplace what would that look like mm-hmm. or in any setting what would what would you say is an authentic leader
1: yeah i i think I think all too often in life, or even especially at work, like your question, we we wear too many hats. There's so many personas, right? The person that you're at home with your family, your friends, and then the person that shows up at work, right? Mm -hmm. And I found myself, you know, over the years working in different organizations that uh, sometimes there's a conflict between the two, right? How you show up at home is not necessarily the person that you show up at work. Mm -hmm. And I think what it looks like at work is, you know, treating people Treating people like humans, right? Being caring and being curious, right? You know, being that person, the same person in front of people versus, you know, that same person maybe, you know, by yourself at work, right? Like mm-hmm. how you show up, right? And I think the authentic leader really provides a lot of a lot of safety as well within teams, right? So an organization. So being authentic is, is is really understanding your inner work and how you operate. And ultimately, you know, how you want to lead people as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I hear out of that is that you have that self-knowledge, right, about who you are, but then also kind of flipping flipping it uh, inside out and showing that to to people and then be consistent around that totally right so they it's like oh who's walking through the door today is it you know (laughs) this person or this personality and you know people know where you're you're at
1: And, and and people get it right and i think people know when you're not being authentic right it's it's you can try to pretend if you're being authentic or not but people have that kind of intuition or that sense right and to your point like who's coming through the door right and I think that's where a lot of conflict comes in, right? It, it's a, a misalignment between who who they are and how mm-hmm. they're showing up. And then for people in a work setting, it's it's super confusing, I think, right? And I think when it's confusing, you know, people are just running around, not really sure who they're getting and how they should work and how they should perform.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it has a, it has a huge impact, I would say, as well on even coming down to the basics of can I trust this person? Because you don't know where you're where you're at and no. you know trust and good communication i guess are the the basic things of, of good leadership yeah. um, and then you build up on that but if if that is somewhere not a hundred percent then yeah you know it has it has a it has an impact on the bottom line
1: <laughs> it does it does
0: you brought something up about authenticity and, and uh, kind of showing it to the, to the outside. Would you then also say, or safety, you know, you brought up the mm. word safety around that as well. Do you think, like, what, what do you mean by that?
1: I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's a good friend of mine taught me that, um, you know, the whole Maslow's need of hierarchy, right? And we mm-hmm. all learned in high school, and, you know. And there's there's the basic needs of of humans, right? Mm-hmm. That need for safety. And like originally when we learned that model, was like you know shelter, right? And like you know food and all that, which is of course what we need. But it's the safety, the psychological safety that we need. And we need to trust people. When we don't trust people, it's like a it's like that human. It's a human need that we all have. If we fear of a consequence, or if I don't trust you, or I feel like an environment's safe, it could be a saber-toothed tiger, but it could also be someone's tone in a meeting, right? It, the brain kind of perceives them, unfortunately, the same. And when you don't have that trust and you're not being authentic, people are going to hold back, right? People are going to kind of run, you know, figuratively speaking, right? But they're, mm-hmm. they're going to run in the workplace by not showing up in the meetings, right? Not saying anything, not giving their best ideas, right? It's really the same. It's just, it just looks a little bit different.
0: Yeah, it has a huge impact both for the leader themselves, but also for the team. Yeah, I mean, frankly, it sounds a bit exhausting for the for the leader as well, because you're constantly. Yeah. I don't know, and that's obviously oh, the yeah. type of people that you're you're working with, right? You're trying to, I don't know, have yeah. them to avoid that, or it maybe even make sense of it. I don't right.
1: It's, it's totally exhausting. I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's exhausting for the leader because they're probably constantly battling between, okay, this is who I am and this is who I think I should be as a leader. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't joined, then there's just constant conflict there. Then it expands up to the people that they're working with in the work or community. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they're exhausted because, again, they're just trying to get from A to B, but they have to contend with this confusion in the you know interactions. And then it goes even further, like that leader brings that home right brings it home to their to their families right that exhaustion that stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. right and then it just keeps expanding right yeah i I learned a lot about kind of systems work during my ubc program Mm -hmm. and how your actions kind of just expand throughout a system in an organization Mm -hmm. in your personal life in your in your community and things like physical health and mental health which i'm a really big advocate on but like to your point like it doesn't just stop with your team it just these negative consequences just go beyond right so it's just so important to again really be in tune with yourself be authentic before you start trying to go out and lead other people
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of that the the image that came to mind was this uh you know you're dropping a stone in in a in a pond or in a water yeah. and then you have that ripple effect and it, yeah. it eventually affects everything around it in different ways but it's still yeah. uh, it still does okay yeah Yeah. Worst case scenario. No one's happy. (laughs) No one's productive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Obviously we don't want that. We're talking about in in order to lead, to lead others, you need to start leading with yourself. So what, what needs to happen? Talk to you, I guess
1: yeah talk to me you know. that's it you can have Sound a coaching conversation right, right yeah yeah <laughs> but as a coach i don't have the answers like to your point right it's right. Uh, it's you <laughs> i think you got to start with yourself like you got to really work on some some inner work right i call it right and i'll use myself as an example like during that time of i'll, I'll give the example when i became a leader really mm-hmm. and i had that confusion like most leaders do and you had to really look inward. And for me, it was, it was journaling. I'm really big on journaling, Mm -hmm. you know, taking that time to get to my thoughts, because again, to we said earlier, it's so loud in the world. And it's so it's even louder in your own head, right? If you don't have that time, that, that quiet time reflect and in that journaling, I would say, you know, what is, what does leadership look like to me? Right. What does that mean? What do I want it to look like? What do you not want it to look like? And you can of course, think back on what, Good leaders you've had, and what leaders maybe you know that weren't so great, and, and you learn from that, and then you kind of create your own kind of statement, right? Your own vision of what you want, right? And then, and that's kind of step one, and then that's understanding yourself and where you are today. But then, then you got to look outside, externally, and say, you know, have the courage, to ask people, like, hey, how am I showing up? You know, I really want to work on communication, for instance, right? Uh, ask people in your in your workplace, in your community, family, how are you doing in this regard, right? And you also gotta be careful how you ask it as well right really be clear on why you're asking if you really want the the, the right answer or, or their true answer right mm-hmm. especially in tricking their workplace right and they're you know but give that what, intention
0: yeah, sorry it's like why is yeah. my manager asking me how yeah. i think right? their, their communication right. is and what effect would that have on on me as a, right. a team member
1: yeah totally Goes back to that safety and that trust Ooh. again right mm-hmm. like oh right but if you are authentic and you, you know, you really kinda state why you're asking, right? Whole Simon Senex, you start with why and show your yeah. attention, right? I want to get better. This is the reason why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Right? And even kind of knock off what you think they're thinking, like this isn't gonna reflect poorly on you. I'm really trying to learn and grow. I'm going through a transformation, a journey, and I really respect kind of your feedback and Gather that and, and, and don't just say it, really believe it and, and feel it, right? And take what they say and, and and then match that with kind of your inner work with your journaling and, and how you are today. And if there's a gap, you know, that's your plan right there, right? That's that's where you gotta work towards, mm. right? It's a blueprint to start with.
0: It takes courage though.
1: Oh yeah. It's scary. And it's the whole mm. vulnerability and in, in, in Brene Brown's work on all that. And it is super scary. The, when you get to the other side of that it's, it's, it's very rewarding it's very mm-hmm. freeing right? you just yeah. kind of got to get through got to get through that work first
0: yeah so how would you help a, uh, a potential client through that or how have you helped clients through that what's your role as a coach in that sense I would say
1: I'm always interested to hear the, the story of people the story that they tell themselves of what a leader is Right, mm-hmm. and have them kind of say it out loud and challenge them really. And it's these stories that we hear that of everything in life, but especially on leadership, they've just been subconsciously ingrained in us, right? And having them kind of walk through this, usually through that experience, they go, "Hmm, that's interesting." You kind of challenge them, like, well, "How do you feel about that? What, what, what do you agree with that, or what don't you agree with that?" Right? And once we kind of go through that step and identify you know, their their story, you kind of take them back and say, you know, is this where you want to go? And if not, you know, this is your opportunity to kind of rewrite the story that you're creating for yourself Mm -hmm. and and move forward that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Until we really understand that these stories that we have in our head are there, we don't really know where we're going.
0: Yeah. And so you mentioned at the beginning that you're particularly interested in working with, New leaders or aspiring leaders, right? So if you haven't had kind of a management or a leadership position before, then you're relying a lot on what you're maybe being told or by your own manager, right? Uh, yeah. or maybe what the company culture is like. So it's this is a huge influence on
1: mm-hmm. your
0: own leadership position, I would say. And the biggest gap, maybe even, or the, the, the option for something to go a bit, uh, in disalignment with what you actually want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that something you say is true or do you, like how do you view that from your experience
1: yeah i think you know there's your immediate kind of manager i guess right your leader as if you're an individual contributor and you're, you're wanting to get into leadership and you're kind of looking at the people that are in front of you again start with the inner work first right find mm. out where you are and then outwardly look and you know, if you're not getting that support or if you're not getting that kind of answer, I guess, from your your direct leader, you know, go elsewhere, right? And go elsewhere in terms of your community, uh, other individuals, ask for some coaching help, ask for some mentorship. There's no shortage of information and resources out there, right? It really starts with just being a little bit curious and, and being a little bit courageous and, and asking and, and putting it out there and asking people's opinions, right? Mm. Uh, you'd be surprised at what you get when you when you throw those things into the universe.
0: Yeah, and then you'll have to sit with that and work through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah. it's there. There's a like you mentioned earlier. It might be scary at the beginning, but working through, coming through it on the other side is a good payoff. Yeah, <laughs> coming through that. Okay. So for some people, it might be a bit being, say, authentic at work may come with a bit of a, a risk, maybe mm. due to say biases or yeah, maybe even like negative workplace culture. Mm-hmm. If they are open about what they want, what they value, um, maybe who they are with regards to their personal beliefs or maybe medical history and, you know, things like that. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what do you recommend in those circumstances about being authentic at work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I think once you have a good base, like that, again, that inner work, you know, finding out where you stand, what you can say yes to, what you can say no to, it's so pivotal because once you find out who you are as an authentic person, and it takes work, like you said, and, and it's super scary and super courageous. But once you build that foundation, it, it's there, it's a rock, right? That you can always go towards and, and you know, revert back to when, when things are, are challenging and so forth. When you're looking at your work and you want to bring that towards your work, and maybe you know maybe your work is not exactly there in terms of what you're looking for, Uh, it starts with yourself first, and then bringing your intentions into it, right? Whether you're asking your leader or your culture or the your community, if you know this is how you want to bring yourself, state your intentions, right? Right? Let them know this is who you are and what you want to bring, and from that point, that's all you can really do. There's this whole idea of you know controlling what you can and and leaving the rest out there right if you know who you are and what you want to bring state your intentions and then that's all you can do if the group that you're working with or you know uh, the community is not there then at that point you really need to kind of make a decision right you can only control your thoughts your actions and your beliefs and you got to be okay with that
0: mm, yeah i read somewhere the other day that you really only have let me see if I get this still straight now (laughs) it just came to my mind it's like three choices either you're you know you have to ask if something can can change and be okay if they say no accept that it's not going to change and how Mm. what impact that will have on you or you leave Mm. but one of them will have to you know come true And, um, it might be in most cases, probably a journey anyways, right? Yeah. Not something that happens at the spur of the, spur of the moment. Yeah. So it's better to know what, what you really want and not totally work towards what other people think of you. That's too precious. Yes. Yes. So do you have any, like a a point that I have here is like awareness for listeners or some tips. Do you have anything that you can bring forward? I know you've asked already quite a few really good yeah. like coaching questions mm-hmm. um for, for self-reflection and maybe even for journaling, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone is so inclined to kind of write this down as well. But is there anything else? Any other tips on leading yourself?
1: Mm-hmm you really got to spend the work and be intentional with being quiet. Right. And I mentioned journaling, you know, for me, I I wake up at six in the morning every day, you know, and just to have that quiet time before my son wakes up and before we start eating and breakfast. And you could be like an early riser like me or, or my wife who turns on at like 10 PM, 11 PM, but be really intentional in finding that quiet time. It's so important. And that's where all your, your insights your clarity and and, uh, reflection is going to happen right and for me it's journaling for others it could be going for a walk it could be talking to others but whatever creates that creativity for you and that inspiration you got to put that in the calendar in your time just as much as your work meetings or, or or your community meetings and so forth if you don't life is just gonna go by and and like you said earlier life is so short so you really need to seize the present moment because it's it's all all we have
0: yeah i love that it's so intentional like put it in your calendar especially if there's lots happening make the time put it as a priority right and then uh actually use that time for that yeah do you have so it's so like you brought up journaling now hmm. a few times. What is your journaling process? Do you have? Do you go through something where you get journaling prompts or do you go through questions you've asked yourself or that your coach has mm-hmm. given you how do you Yeah. What what do you use journaling for and how do you approach it?
1: So when when I start journaling and I don't do it every day. I hmm. I try to and I usually I'm really intentional it's not kind of how i'm feeling if i'm feeling kind of off or i've got some decisions in my mind for some reason or i'm thinking of the future it usually kind of signals to me like you got to journal you got to get this out because otherwise it just circulates in your head and, and it doesn't it's not productive at all and I really try to focus on how my body feels. I just, I use Evernote. I open it up and I just start typing and uh, I have a million spelling mistakes on there, but I just kind of just go and then whatever comes out. And I usually start like, oh, I'm not, not going to write too much, just a couple of lines. And it usually be like three paragraphs. And and then I usually fall out with things that I'm grateful for and could be small things, could be big things, just whatever comes to your head. And once I'm done, I'm done and just close it. And and I, and I feel, I feel better immediately after I do it. So you know, whether it's a gratitude or appreciation or things about being a leader, don't focus too much on like, you know, perfecting it. Just get it out. Get yeah. it out. I think that's more important than the result of, of a perfect piece of writing.
0: Do you read over it again?
1: I don't. <laughs> I don't. Huh. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I do. Like if I'm curious. Uh, I've been doing this for years now, but most of the time I don't. It's almost kind of like a release for me mm. while I'm typing it, it, this awareness comes to me not all the time but i don't uh, read it probably mm. because i'm ashamed of all the spelling mistakes i have a lot of, a lot of red underlying particular words but...
0: <laughs> i love that you're finishing up your journaling with some gratitude notes yeah. as well and yeah. just that even even though whatever came beforehand might be you know a release of whatever was in it you know it's just like a, Release of something, yeah. then you round it off with something positive and yeah. have the, the gratitude parts there. So well. sure. that's beautiful. Great. Um, so obviously we're in 2020. There's this big, <laughs> you know, pandemic is around. Mm-hmm. I don't know where where this is going to lead, and if we're listening back to this next year, where yeah, you know where where we're at. But from your you know work throughout the last few months, how has this pandemic impacted leadership and the people and clients um, you're working with this year did you see a
1: shift yeah this this thing this little thing called covid it's been uh, it's been challenging i think and i think the first point or observation i made is that Everyone's kind of experiencing this very, very differently uh, with each other. And I think taking a step back and being compassionate, especially as a leader and understanding that what you're experiencing is is not necessarily what other people are experiencing. It's probably a lesson we can take to everything in life, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I think, impacted how people operate, how people lead. And we've seen some really great things, I think, from companies in in trying to connect with their teams, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of check-ins, a little a lot more kind of huddles right throughout the throughout the week it's interesting i'm finding that now those kind of huddles and check-ins are getting a little bit too repetitive and i think what i'm seeing now is that it's great to have these huddles but i think it's more important to focus on what's happening in those huddles really really connect people in a different way right people Mm -hmm. keep talking about how they're zoomed out and too many video meetings and and all that and that might be a reason that people are kind of disconnected, but maybe it's the content of those meetings, right? What are you actually talking about in those Zoom meetings, right? And of course, it's not the same as face to face, but maybe we should be focusing more on the conversation, the quality of the conversation, and be more intentional mm-hmm. uh, of reaching out to people and discussing things that matter to people and, and finding out more and being more curious, right? And I think we need a little bit more of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yes. It- beautifully goes back to something you mentioned earlier about um, being more human seeing the individual there and the quality versus quantity part yeah. really fits in uh there too um, and personally i've noticed that too that there's a lot more especially a few months ago even there's the from one person to another person, that that connection was just a lot more there. And now there's mm-hmm. this uh, zoomed out, this yeah. zoomed out face. Yeah. But you know, just like I don't know, the team member was working from home with two kids around, so maybe it was the leader. So there's a whole new level of yeah, you know, connections. And it's like, yeah, hey, I actually <laughs> know what everyone else is going through in that sense as well. Yeah, yeah, I I like that quality of conversations yeah to to up a bit yeah yeah a coaching approach is a beautiful way of doing that
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah 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 mm. be curious right and then take that framework of 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 asking and, and being present as opposed to kind of telling and prescribing right it's it's true in coaching it's true in leadership true to inner work yeah all that great stuff
0: be curious great i love it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're nearly at the end wow. of our conversation, but I thought, or not, but, and there's, a, there's, mm. a, there's an and coming. <laughs> and this season, I'd love to round up all our podcast interviews with the same three questions. And we're okay. um, just going to fire them at you. <laughs> okay. I'll <laughs> try to handle them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So. The first one is, do you have a book recommendation that you can, that you say, hey, this is one book that I want everyone to read?
1: Hmm. And
0: obviously, if you have that, yeah. what is it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have two. I'm going to cheat. I have two, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, two. I only say two because one I haven't read yet, but the one I haven't read, I've, I've read up a lot about in some videos and content of it. So I really hmm. enjoy it. But the first one I have read is the coaching habit from uh, Michael Cigni.
0: It's there in my
1: bookshelf. Oh yeah, it's yes. it's, it's over here as well, and uh, <laughs> it's such a great book on on teaching people. Kind of, I guess, the fundamentals of coaching, but it, it brings not even just for coaches, but for leaders. It's it's how to be a little bit more curious and, and stop kind of prescribing and giving advice to people, and it's a great easy read as well, and it's really. It's really realistic in, in the environments that we work in. And it was it was so great. I wish I had that book when I was a leader for yes. the first time, like years ago.
0: It's a very practical approach and yes. beautiful to combine coaching and everyday leadership yeah. together and how yeah. you can bring it in practical sense into the workplace. Right. Yes, yeah. I know. It's like, yeah well, sign off on this now. I'm curious yeah. what the second book is.
1: Oh, the, the second book. I've, I really got into this idea of, of stoicism in Ryan Holiday so I've been watching a lot of his videos lately. So it's really top of mind, but it's, it's this whole idea of, I guess, of stoicism and I'm learning still, so I could get it wrong. And, but it's this whole idea of that, um, you know, there's, there's nothing good or bad in this world, right? It's, it's only our judgment and our perceptions of it, right? And, And everything that we have is really just kind of the present, present moment, right? And the Greek philosophers that created stoicism was, was all about that, right? It's, you know, we only have the present moment and whatever happens, we as humans kind of judge it as good or bad. And, the world kind of continues, right? So I'm really into his videos and his podcasts. I just bought his three books and I'm reading um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And this whole idea, I've only read the first few pages, so I'm such an expert in this book. But its uh, I think everyone always talks about, hey, you know, the, I'm on a journey, I'm on a path, right? And like, oh, there's a roadblock in the path, right? Oh, it's an obstacle. And his idea in this book is, I think, the obstacle is the path right? It's, it's not in your way. It's, it is the way, right? So we, we have challenges in our life. There's no way of getting around them. It's, it's how we deal with them, right? And, mm. and how we become stronger because of that. So.
0: It's so beautiful. Everything that you've just said was kind of interlinked with something that we've just talked about through this entire conversation so yeah. far around a mindset, right? Mm. Is it an obstacle yeah. or is it, is it how it's supposed to be? Right. right then like no judgment and being yeah. curious it all comes back to coaching because that's what you yeah. do as a coach you're yeah. listening and perceiving of where you are right now in this present moment and totally. oh everything's yeah. everything's interlinked so beautiful yeah. two uh, book recommendations there i have to look up the second one i haven't yeah heard of it yet but obviously yeah. you're you know, podcast, read up on things and three books already on <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so I need to look that up as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Second question of my three. Um, what's okay. one thing on your bucket list? One thing
1: on my bucket list. Well, it kind of goes back to, I guess, stoicism. I, I've always wanted to go to Greece. Um, mm-hmm. That's the big bucket list. I was, I was supposed to knock this off in June Oh. Uh, we were we had a family trip to Greece on a cruise to Italy, you know. But again, this pandemic happened, mm. so yeah, it's it's still a kind of a big bucket list of mine just to go to Greece. And I, I don't, I'm kind of seeing some alignment. I'm just figuring this out now. I guess this with Stoicism and in Greece and in Greek, and but I've always wanted to visit the country. I think I saw Anthony Bourdain do a, an episode when he went to travel and mm-hmm. ate sea urchins off the shore, and, it's, and that image has sucked to me. I love uni and, and and seafood so that's that's on my bucket list so one day i hope to get degrees to
0: yeah beautiful it's a beautiful country mm. there's lots of beautiful places there as well yeah. and then you want to travel the entire thing or is it one oh, particular yeah
1: yeah, yeah everywhere. Uh, yeah beautiful yeah. yeah
0: before you go let me know i can give you some tips as well
1: yes Please <laughs> especially food related that'd be great <laughs> everything yeah. <laughs> Good tip. Good tip. Everything. Yeah. I like that.
0: <laughs> and uh, last question for me is okay. what makes you dance?
1: What makes me dance? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I think well, being with family, going somewhere, just being in a great mood, I really try to be in the present moment. And you know, when I'm spending time with family, I'm always dancing, actually. <laughs> with my son, Caden, and in front of my wife, Maggie. Uh, or even while I'm driving, it it's quite dangerous. But uh, I think just spending time with the people that you love just makes me happy and, and just being in the moment. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing.
1: Thank yeah, you for thanks. being
0: part of this podcast, uh, sharing your insights and your inspiration.
1: Yeah, beautiful.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. This was, Same this here. Fun. <laughs> thanks for thank being. you. Bye. Bye.
0: So this was Chris Ho talking about leading yourself first as an authentic leader. I'm curious, what first steps will you take to be a more authentic leader? If any of this resonates with you and you'd like to have a free initial coaching chat with Chris, simply pop your request at coachme.global forward slash book. Thank you for tuning in. Stay curious.